All righty, we are back. Happy Monday, y'all. This is now the eighth episode of Destructuring Tech. Uh, we're slowly getting up there to number 10. So, uh, But yeah, this is the podcast where we focus on unpacking the complexities of tech and software into simpler topics. Uh, here, I am always trying to hand the microphone to people from all over the tech world, both new and experienced developers, and people with different experiences. Last week, we had a really fun show with Ellen Mary Hickman, the Senior Director of Programs at Turing, and Jeff Casimir, the Founder and Executive Director at Turing. We got an inside look to where Turing kind of came from, the development it has undergone over the years, and a sneak peek of what the future of Turing looks like in the coming years. If you haven't already, make sure to watch that later after this show. You can always catch us on YouTube for the stream, or listen to our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcast. The views, likes, and follows are greatly appreciated. Just as a reminder, if you are watching us live, make sure to drop a line in the chat. Questions, comments, they're always welcome. But y'all know what time it is. I'm the host, Travis Rollins, and I'm one of the instructors at the Turing School of Software and Design. And uh, I'm super stoked to be joined by our special guest, uh, Hannah Kim, on the show. Hannah is a software engineer at ShipShape and was also a 2005-2006 alumni from Turing. Uh, and it's just been great uh, getting to stay in touch with you, Hannah. I feel like we've been kind of like off and on kind of uh, staying in touch uh, ever since you graduated. And I'm just super happy to have you on the show today. So, uh, but yeah, how, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well. It's uh, good to be chatting with you again, Travis. And yeah, I did appreciate your help um, navigating just the job hunting process and just keeping up here and there with little questions. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> good to be able to chat. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, did you, uh, did you do anything fun over this last weekend? Anything exciting happening over there? Yeah, it was a little more than I've expect or yeah, I've had with the pandemic and all going on still. Um, I flew out for a wedding in Austin that got delayed a year because <laughs> you oh, know, gosh. Year. yeah. And then yeah. yeah, just hung out with some other friends who I also had in Texas and just got back really late last. Nice. You know, flights always get delayed. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. Home. Absolutely. Well. Thanks for uh, continuing to do this. That's really exciting. I feel like I keep talking to more and more people who keep going to Austin, Texas. So it uh, seems like the hot spot right now for, for some reason. So that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like Denver where it's just booming a lot right now with the tech scene and just, yeah, a lot of good people and music and things like that there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, very cool. Um, well, uh, we'll start out with some like quick intro stuff. So again, you graduated from Turing. I think it was... Correct me if I'm wrong on this. It was like back in January, right? Yep, at the end of the January this year. Awesome. Um, well, congrats to that. And uh, so now you've been working at ShipShape, I think, for like six months or so now. Um, could you give us like a quick intro and like what what does ShipShape do and like what's kind of your role at that company? Sure. So ShipShape's a consultancy, and so I'm one of the uh, software engineer consultants there. Um, yeah, we uh, work with a lot of uh, front-end JavaScript frameworks. And in the past, uh, they were focused a lot on, on Ember, using Ember. Okay. But uh, things are changing. I've heard that um, more companies are starting to use React, Vue, some newer frameworks. So we're kind of pivoting over to that. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it just because it's like the, the hot tech right now? Or was there like a... Uh... Were there like just some like dislikes on Ember or like what was what was the kind of the motivation of transferring over? Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of reasons. Um, it seems like uh, we were just getting a lot more work with clients who use uh, things like Next.js or uh, Vue or Vue's version of Next, which is Next. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of uh, promoting that change. And then okay. some arguments I've just read online and heard from people are that Ember is kind of hard to learn, especially for newer developers, since there's just a lot more... Um, structure that you have to get get down versus like react i guess you can learn bit by bit and um yeah i guess get into it a little easier and so it seems the more uh the more people use i guess one framework it just gains in popularity and it's kind of hard to go against that maybe <laughs> sure sure yeah. yeah well that's awesome that's really cool um how how big is the team at shipshape yeah, so we have six employees total. It's um, myself uh, as one of the newer hires, as well as one other Turing grad who joined a couple months yeah. after me. 
Um, yeah, okay. so it's a small company and we have a handful of contractors too, I think, who are uh, mostly based in the U.S., but there's also some um, people abroad as well. Gotcha. Okay, so it's very, it sounds like it's very remote, kind mm -hmm. of people all over working. Um, well, that's awesome. Um, and you've been working, it sounds like you've been working with just kind of depending on the client, working with different technologies, you said like uh, Next.js, Nuxt. Um, which is, it sounds like it's very similar to Next. Like, is it like server-side rendering a view instead of React or? Right. And I, we haven't really used that quite so much yet. I think it's mostly in Vue that I've done uh, some okay. programming in. But um, yes. Um, yeah, the client I was with was uh, using Vue um, for, okay. for their uh, web applications. And sorry, I forget the question you just asked. <laughs> No, that's okay. No, that was great. Um, I was just asking what technology. So yeah, that's uh. So working with Vue, what's been? Mm -hmm. Have you been really liking Vue? I I imagine it's been a little bit since you've worked with React, but have you kind of, mm -hmm. like this is this is my framework. This is my go-to now. Yeah, I've definitely gotten more used to it as time has passed. Um, I do like that there is some level of organization compared to React. Um, mm -hmm. um yeah. Um. Yeah, it's gotten easier to get used to as, as I've tried different tickets, um, building out similar ones too. There was a lot of uh, putting, I guess, different components, separating them out and writing tests for them. Um, and it's something that we use in school just so that was at least somewhat familiar and that we use uh, Vue's testing library. And then there was okay. another yeah, tech that we used called Storybook that we used to test out the components and make sure that they're all working. Huh. Yeah, so those are some other texts <laughs> that we also used. Nice, awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. I I know at one point we uh we used to teach Jest with like Ooh. testing React uh mm -hmm. back in the day before we switched over to Cypress, but oh, yeah, um, yeah, it's had a lot more changes going on too. Yep. Yep. Yep, exactly. So, but yeah, that's super cool. I've heard about Storybook as well. I don't I'm not as super familiar with that one, but mm -hmm. um I've heard it I've heard it's pretty common. So, well, awesome. Um well, I have, you know, before we kind of get into more depth, I, you know, aside from all the work-focused pieces, uh, just to throw something in a little bit more fun here, uh, a lot of the the staff uh, at Turing, we've been um, talking about things that are bucket filling or like mm -hmm. things that kind of bring us pleasure that are that are fun to do outside of work, right? So just curious, like, what's something that you've uh, personally like been enjoying doing? Um, outside of work life yes um it's been really nice to just be able to get outside the weather's been really awesome um from at least some of the summer you know we have had yeah. some air quality issues keeping us indoors still um yes. but yeah uh we recently adopted a corgi so it's been fun to take him out on hikes and also uh, try to take him paddle boarding he's not super used to the water yet but <laughs> it's really <laughs> cute to just see him paddle around that's amazing mm. paddle boarding with the dog i love mm -hmm. it i yeah, bringing pets into your life is is always great. I uh, yeah. just recently, actually, in the last week, got a kitten, and uh, he's been he's a he's a little a uh, little troublemaker, but mm -hmm. just uh, brings some light to the the everyday. So that's great. I haven't taken him swimming. I don't <laughs> think cats are into water as much, but you never know. <laughs> uh, you, ne you never know. That is true until you give them the opportunity, right? So. That's awesome. I think, what was it? You were telling me a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks ago, you started doing, um, was it rollerblading, roller skating? How's that going? Yeah, so it turns out there's a giant group in Denver. It's called Dust, if anyone's, I guess, in the area. And yeah, okay. we meet up at different parks and just go skate around um, in the loops. And the first week I went, actually the only week I did like the big one of the big group rides, they took us down this uh, parking garage and so that was pretty nerve wracking, just like trying not to hit any cars and slowly. Yeah, that down. sounds terrifying. Do you know how to stop at this point? Um, if I'm going at like two miles an hour, yes. Or I can okay. run into the grass. <laughs> Running into the grass is good. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like stopping is like the like most important part out of all of that. I but... know. Yeah, like you were we were talking about briefly before with um uh your forays into boxing. Like it's just like harder to get you know get hit get um get get on the ground falling 
So I'm just like yep. afraid to learn to break because I don't want to fall, but I think I just have to commit to it. And <laughs> yep, yep. You're going to fall at some point. As long as you can fall somewhere soft, mm -hmm. that will help, right? <laughs> um, but it's it's tricky. So, mm -hmm. um, well, cool. Well, uh, that's awesome that you're getting into them. Glad. Congrats to the Corgi uh, and cheers to uh, taking on something new and uh, doing some some rollerblading. So, um, but awesome. We've got an idea about you now a little bit more. Um, but I want to kind of rewind it as I tend to do with these shows. Uh, I want to rewind it back to the beginning first before we talk more about your work at ShipShape. So, um, so just curious to hear like, uh, I don't think you were always a software developer. What were you kind of doing before that and before you even came to Turing? Yeah, so I guess I've done a lot of different things here and there, I guess since finishing um, college. Um, I moved to Colorado. I wanted to go up to the mountains and ski. So I did that for a season. And then it turned out to be the year that cannabis was getting legalized. So I gave it a shot in that industry for a few years. And yeah. then, um, yeah, I've always just been interested in like personal health development and movement. So I worked as a massage therapist and um, as well as doing digital marketing for a few different uh, companies here in town. And so all of that kind of just came to a halt when the pandemic hit. Um, and I had been feeling that the work I had been doing while I enjoyed it overall um, and the flexibility that it gave me, um, it was just getting repetitive and I wanted something that involved a little more learning and um, change. Um, so yeah, that's when I had a friend actually who had completed the program at Turing herself. Um, she had just been starting her job hunt and um, been having a good time. Yeah, just meeting different companies and figuring out what she wanted to do. So she got me to try a try coding weekend and that's how I got introduced to Turing and it kind of just went really quickly from there. Like, yeah. yeah, I had actually considered, yeah, software development five years before, but the program I was looking at, it was just a lot less information. So I just didn't really think that it was something that was for me. I just had like this big fear around it and it was to the point where I wasn't even looking up what is even coding. So yeah, I'm yeah. Glad that, yeah, it was more of an that's introduction awesome. to that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, so interesting. Uh, we were talking just before we went live, like, uh, so interesting. You had that background massage therapy, like we just had someone, uh, Taylor Jordan, three episodes ago, I think, um, uh, who also came from that background. So very interesting just to see like, uh, the backgrounds that, that people are, are coming from and how they like, uh, just getting into software de development. Yeah. So that's super cool. And I'm, I'm curious, like, uh, you mentioned, like, you, this was something that you looked at, like, five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, what was, you don't have to go into names, of course, but like, or, or specific details, but like, what was, uh, you mentioned there wasn't a whole bunch of like information that mm -hmm. was like shared or like, didn't quite get as much. What was kind of like the difference between the previous program that you were looking at and Turing? Like, what was that missing factor that kind of uh, prevented prevented you from kind of taking a step forward? Uh, yeah, five years so ago? yeah, I don't know if I knew everyone's like familiar with uh, the tri coding weekend that Turing does, where I guess if you're trying the front end uh, piece of that, you would be doing mm -hmm. uh, creating a basic app using HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, and someone's leading you through that. So if you have any questions, you know, you can ask, or they're also showing you how to do all that. So mm -hmm. like, you know, in hindsight, I feel like that makes so much more sense as an introduction to coding, especially from people that don't have that background versus like the program that I was looking at in the past. It was, it was in person, which was nice, but I think it was like a PowerPoint slideshow about what some of the curriculum might entail. Yeah, it was long ago, so I don't remember all the details, but it didn't have like that hands-on portion that gets you like that, you know, that visual and just, um, yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't give you like the experience of just seeing that for yourself and seeing like what's possible. So I think, right. yeah, um, yeah, I think they had like a take-home test that they wanted us to do and see if you would qualify for the program. And so I just literally never opened that that package, I think. And <laughs> I was like, nope, that's probably yep. not going to work out. I have no idea. <laughs> well, yeah, how to learn this language to talk to computers who can't even talk back to me. But yeah, at right. that point, I didn't know that error messages exist. <laughs> You know, you still fight yep. with them, but <laughs> they help now. There's a there's somewhat of a two, like two way conversation once you find out about those error mm -hmm. messages. They 
they aren't always the most helpful, but, uh, you know, <laughs> depends on the day. Right. So, right. um, but yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. I feel like it was similar for me as well. When I got into programming, just like, uh, getting hands on with it. It's like one thing to like, this is what programming is. This is the stuff that you're going to be learning. And like, okay, that sounds all nice. Am I going to be just like writing a bunch of like zeros and ones or like, what is this? What does this mean? Right. So getting hands on and um, that's, I'm glad to hear like you, you had that opportunity and, and got to um, get more hands on with it. Cause definitely is a whole, whole new story kind of just opens the blinds a little bit to see that. So um well, I'm I'm curious, you know, uh, it, when I first signed up for Turing, I didn't really know what to expect. And and like you, like we were just saying, like, I went to a tricoding with Turing um, and I thought it was informative, but still like to that point, I was like, OK, I got slightly an idea, which, you know, OK, I had my day or two of learning about what is front end development, what is back end development. And uh but to be honest, I still wasn't really aware of all the things that kind of go into programming. Sure. And so I'm just curious, like, what was it like for you, especially like your first few days of Turing? Mm -hmm. um, did you still have those questions? Were you excited? Would you, were you scared? Uh, what was it like? Yeah, I think at that point, I was still like unsure if everything would work out. I was hoping for the best and trying to believe in myself and, and in, my, in my abilities. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was definitely nervous and also exciting to just be trying something new because I think that's just something I enjoy doing um, mm -hmm. personally. Like I just like trying different things and challenging myself to see if that's something I can accomplish. Um, so let's see. Yeah, I, I, I continued on with talking to my friend just about her experiences. Um, yeah, just to see if it would be a good fit, I guess, yeah, prior to actually committing to the program. And then she introduced me to some other people that I could talk to just get an idea of yeah, what I what I might be facing with the program. Um, let's see, first few days. Um, hmm. Oh, I think it helped also that we had that mod zero program, which I heard didn't exist a few years back, and it was a True. somewhat new introduction. So I think that helped just you know, kind of on ramp me into the school before it turned into like the 60, 70, sometimes 80, unfortunately, hour week um, weeks. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think my. Uh, I guess like what I had in my mind was that I was just going to take it a day at a time. It was good knowing that there was like um, a curriculum set up to teach me what I would need to know to be, be a professional software developer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting when we, when we first had the program set up, like to your point, it wasn't until like a year or two ago when we had mod zero and your first day at Turing was literally your first day. And there's just so many questions of like, what the hell is this? Like, uh, I know for me, even like, I thought like, is there like design included in mm -hmm. this? Which it is very different, right? It is not, there's design inspirations and pieces around mm -hmm. that, right? But um, it's not, not uh, an actual like design specific to front end development. But um, yeah, having that mod zero where you kind of get, some exposure to both the people that you're going to be working with and um, what it's going to be like. I'm, I'm glad to hear that that's uh, beneficial at that point. So yeah, well, that's awesome. Um, I, I'm looking at the the chat. Someone was mentioning to show Loki. Uh, is Loki is the kitten that I got. <laughs> yes, uh, he's the god of mischief. Um, and I named him that because when I first met him, he uh, he I was picking him up at the Dumb Friends League, an oh. adoption place, and uh, he his one of the first things that he did was he pulled down one of the levers on the office chair, uh, mm -hmm. so the next time someone sits down on it, gonna go flying down the down falling off. So um, yeah, troublemaker. He loves biting my toes and stuff when I'm trying to sleep. It's great. But, <laughs> He's full of shenanigans. Uh, Yes, he's full of shenanigans. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's sleeping right now. He's passed out on the floor mm -hmm. over here. Uh, but maybe if he wakes up, maybe he'll uh, get a guest appearance as well. So uh, <laughs> awesome. we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. Well, you know, another question for me, uh, you know, I hear I hear a lot about it from others. I know from my own experience at Turing, like super challenging. No question about that. Um, mm -hmm. But I think there's... 
think it goes deeper than that than that you know there's a lot more layers to that challenge uh whether it's you know getting familiar with the content um knowing what to be focusing on or understanding like do do i know the thing can i move forward or you know there's just a lot of a lot of pieces um and understanding the context of all those pieces so uh during your time at Turing like what did you find was most challenging was it the content itself mm -hmm. was it setting up your own schedule um and how did you kind of work through that afterwards yeah I guess yeah I guess depending on the you know the module or even the week week by week week or even day by day because yeah. things were moving so quickly the challenges would um change but um I think one of the biggest things that I struggled with was just like not even knowing what I'm what I'm stuck on, if that makes sense, like not being able to mm -hmm. articulate, like, I don't know how to move forward with this. So um, I think, yeah, as people might know already, like rubber ducking is really handy. Um, like when you're just like talking to an inanimate object, just to try to explain what's going on to yourself, or I guess my version of that would be like writing, I'm starting to write out a message to plea for help <laughs> for someone online. And then yeah. in that process of like describing uh, what I have going on in that code, and what I'm missing, then something like, you know, half the time you find out for yourself uh, what you've been missing and you don't actually have to hit send and you can keep moving yeah. forward. So, yeah, that's something nice. I'm still, I think, learning to fine tune. But yeah, yeah it's cool to see like the changes that um, you go through, I guess, like, you know, from day one of the program to now where I'm working, you get stuck on different things. But yeah, I guess that's the thing. You get stuck on different things. And that's also showing growth, I guess, is what an argument that I've heard from one chat. And that was good to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's always something new to encounter, something new to work through. Um, what, you know, for those like maybe not as familiar, um, rubber ducking, are, do, do you mean like you rubber duck kind of like with yourself or do you actually like talk with another person? And on the on a, another note of that is like what, um, like when I used to do rubber ducking, especially like when I went through the program, it was more in person. So I could just go to mm. someone and be like, Hey, what the hell am I doing wrong here? Or like, can you take a look at this? Am I making sense or am I speaking gibberish? Um, what does that look like in remote life? Sure. How does that look? Yeah, I feel like, yeah, it was definitely a learning process to go from like, hey, can I share my screen or this screenshot with you? And you tell me what's wrong with this because I have no idea. And I guess you, yeah. I realize now that after I've done that on the other side too, like people mm -hmm. don't know the context of what you're talking about when you just show them something, especially if it's not something they're um, working on themselves. So you have to right. figure out how to tell them in, I guess, as precise a way as possible. Um, yeah, what you're trying to do. Um, so for me, I guess, yeah, it would start with uh, pseudocode more so. It's easier for me to see visually like what's going on. So I would type a lot of notes to myself and that's how I would yeah. do that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like that. I It's so, mm, I feel like, like, even as a teacher, like, we, we talk about these, like, things of, like, uh, pseudocoding something out, like, trying to break out the problem into smaller pieces, mm -hmm. trying to put it more in English form and, and breaking it out. But it's it's one thing to, like, hear that. It's another to experience it. Mm -hmm. And then it's the whole third one to be, like, thinking about, like, experience that from the other side of it right like mm -hmm. uh i see the screenshot i see the sure. the code but i don't have any context on this can you can sure. you tell me more right mm -hmm. so um yeah that's really cool really cool um well maybe one more question before we kind of move forward from from turing stuff uh i'm just curious to hear like what was the the best feedback you ever received while you were at turing hmm. Oh gosh, I meant to look this up. I'm sorry, I wrote these notes out while I was on the plane last night. <laughs> um, but, okay, well, roundabout. So I had a really friendly cohort of um, classmates when I was doing the yeah. program and some of the, um, what is it, the SLC reps, I think, like the student leadership team, um, yeah. they came up with an event uh, during one of our um, weekly retros that we would do to catch up at the end of the week. Uh, where we all write compliments about each other. So I think that's like a great thing to do, just putting it out there, just to like help yeah. people, uh, you know, feel good about themselves and their abilities. So I was planning on going into that document to try to pick something out. <laughs> but yeah, I think I've generally heard that. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. easy to work with and 
um, yeah, I try to help out where I can. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I, I love that idea. Like, mm -hmm. whether it's whether you're a student somewhere or even just like uh, doing that um, wherever you work, right? Like we, we do that within our staff as well. It's just like sharing some wins and appreciations because like mm -hmm. programming, you haven't done it before. It's hard. Mm -hmm. um, it can be draining and I don't know. Yeah, just setting aside that time to kind of show show some appreciations and love like uh yeah that's super valuable so yeah yeah it can uh, be easier you know to say nice things about other people you know than to yourself sometimes so it's nice to have that support back where other people can give you the feedback yeah yeah absolutely um well on the flip side of that and i apologize if if nothing comes to mind we can always revisit it another time but um on the flip side of like the best feedback uh i recognize feedback whether it's from instructors or other, you know, um, people you are working with, uh, it can be very personal, right? Like what works for one person doesn't always work for another. And there can be a lot of nerd opinions around there, right? So um, I'm just curious from all the feedback that you got, whether it was instructors, other students, whatever it was, what was feedback that maybe wasn't as valuable to you? Yeah. And yeah, I don't think I really ever got feedback that. I didn't find helpful at all. I think part of it might be that, you know, sometimes when like hearing criticism might be hard initially, but you know that people are trying to help you when they give you that feedback. So I think it's one, you know, when you're giving that feedback, good to give it in a way that's also highlighting something that you, you find um, that that person is doing well, and then putting it in a way that's not disparaging them. And I think, yeah, everyone at the school did a good job of that. So it never felt like I was being torn down or anything, um, but instead just really like genuinely trying to help me improve myself. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess, you know, when I guess I, that kind of reminded me of just like when you are um, working in teams and such, like sometimes like if someone's at a higher skill level or just uh, coming from a different background, like it can be easy to maybe over explain something or go into details that are not necessarily for that problem at hand. So I think just figuring out how to balance that is an important skill mm. and just not giving the answer away, I guess, immediately. So that's, you know, that's just something that we learn, I think, as we go. And I'm learning to do that too. And on the yeah. other hand, you know, like dragging, dragging it out so long that someone's stuck forever. <laughs> you don't do that either. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It's so tricky. That's, that's such a, such a challenge, but yeah, I love the, the piece of like, you know, here's the things that I appreciate about you. Here's the things that are like, you know, how can we like continue to grow on that, right? Like, because mm -hmm. um, yeah, things happen. Uh, no matter how, like, I feel like people always, when you're working with them, have the best of intent, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're trying to do all the things. They're they're trying to be as supportive as possible. But you know, shit happens, whether it's with work or outside uh, in our own personal lives. And um, so, just giving like kind but constructive feedback, super valuable there. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that balance of like, how in depth do I go on this? That's so tough, right? Mm -hmm. Especially like, um, what might be helpful for one person may not be for another person. So mm -hmm. such a tricky thing. It's, it's building relationships. It's knowing your team, I guess, and, uh, yeah. going from there. But. Yeah. And like you said, yeah, recognizing that everyone's human. And I think, I guess, maybe in like high stress times, like if you're at, in school and trying to finish a, a project on a tight deadline or, you know, if it's for work, it might be the same situation. Yeah. But yeah, realizing that you're all working in a team and not fighting amongst yourselves or finding out how to work together more cohesively. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing on that. All very wise pieces of feedback there. Um, I, you know, Taking a look kind of like after your experience at Turing, um, I know there was a, a few months in between, you know, your graduation and mm -hmm. starting your first job at ShipShape uh, okay. where you were, you were very in, in deep with the job hunt. So, um, and I know there's just a lot of different levels that can be challenging with the mm -hmm. job hunt. So I'd just be curious to hear like, what was kind of like your, your experience with the, the job hunt? um yeah you know how did you stay sharp on things how did you kind of like balance out your schedule while still job hunting yeah mm -hmm. give us an inside look on that 
Yeah, I think that was a little, I think the tricky part with uh, the job hunt was that it was a lot more free form than school where you know you have certain projects, you know that they're supposed to be this outcome uh, according to the spec sheet. And then, you know, you pass if you meet enough expectations, you don't if you don't. So I think it was like, right. yeah, it was easy, almost easier in that respect in some ways that there was a very regimented guideline of what you had to follow versus the job hunt is kind of all your own thing to do. So you have to figure yeah. out what works for yourself. So there was a process in that, but I think what worked for me was um, focusing on getting the interviews. And I decided uh, early on um, from talking to different alumni and friends who might be in, in the tech world themselves, like it's a pretty inefficient process to have to put in a bunch of blind applications that maybe a thousand other people are applying to as well. And you just really get lost in that mix. And so I heard from one friend that she had applied to like 150 apps, like, you know, it might have not taken that much time to do them, but um, yeah, it's yeah. still a high number of them that you are, that do add up to a certain amount of time and only heard back mm -hmm. from, let's say like nine of them. I don't remember the exact number. <laughs> so yeah, that's not how I wanted to spend my time. I thought it might be more fruitful for, for me to focus on making connections with people. So I did a lot of outreach um, throughout my time at school and also the, the coming weeks of the job hunt, I would just pretty much join, yeah, any group that I could, uh, some, sometimes ones that were identity-based, those were helpful, because I think, like, when yeah. you belong to, a, you know, like, a smaller subset of people, um, they, they're, they might be more willing to help out, um, because they have something that connects you to them, um, so those yeah. might be good for, yeah, for you to look out for, yeah, and it can, I think, it, you know, it could be identity-based, but it could be also something silly, like the roller skating group, you know, you don't know who you're gonna <laughs> meet when you go to things like that, True. Um, yeah. And then, so yeah, focused on meeting people and I would have a lot of informa informational conversations with them, not really with the goal of like, I need to get an interview out of them, but just to learn how to speak about myself in a way that would project a good image of myself. And that is something I was working on during school too, just like finding good ways to <laughs> talk positively about myself. Cause that's important when you're interviewing. Um, yeah. yeah. So learning how to talk better about myself and also just learning what's out there. Like I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew like I had some front end um, engineering skills now, but yeah, there's a lot of avenues you can go, whether you're working for a product company, consulting, um, yeah. and everything in between, I guess like testing positions exist too. <laughs> yeah. So just like knowing sure, what's sure. out there was important. And I, yeah, I think all that effort kind of helped me prevent having to actually put in applications. Like it just naturally trickled in. And I think part of that was just luck too. <laughs> I would think. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a certain balance with, with the job hunt, whether it's, there is some luck being there at the right time, meeting the right person, all those kinds of pieces. Um, but you know, to your point, like, uh, it's not a hundred percent luck either, right? There is like all the connections and so stuff that you have yeah. to build. Yeah. No, um, definitely. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like, I say this because like I felt I felt the same fear as well when I graduated from Turing, where mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't have any experiences with tech or anything like that in the past. I was I was a musician pre previous to all this, so uh, not many avenues uh, or uh, knowing where to go. So um, for people who are like kind of uh, graduating from Turing and working in that mm -hmm. job hunt process, like could you could you share even more so on like you mentioned you spent a lot of time networking did you like mm -hmm. look at like companies and then kind of like pick out individuals from there or even with identity groups like sure. um what were your kind of like steps into figuring out like what groups even exist at that point yeah let's see so i i spent i guess a decent amount of time i don't know an hour or two a day maybe just scrolling around on linkedin just to see if anything yeah. relevant would hit um uh -huh um oh yeah the turing job hunt channel helped and then all the mod 5 resources that existed also like if i saw something that i liked the description of i would uh type the company's name on uh, on linkedin see if i have any contacts or ask around too because yeah the network is there for for you mm, yeah. sorry let me try to organize some thoughts <laughs> yeah. that's okay yeah. yeah i do have a list of some yeah or uh networking groups that i can pass on as well if that would be helpful but yeah, I would just kind of yeah. yeah join them as people would mention them. Um, I joined the donuts chat with how I got in contact with a lot of alumni and 
yeah, I think it was nice to just be paired with someone random too, because you never know what you're going to learn from the different people you talk with. So that's a good way sure. to just foster yeah, some level of community, I think, especially with the remote environment, when you can't just bump into someone in the hallway and be like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. Also helpful. Yeah. Um, I ended up finding like a hackathon to join from one of the, um, the groups that the meetup groups that I had joined, just getting updates from them. And I think that just okay. provided, you know, something that wasn't explicitly job hunting to do as well. So that, yeah, I had something that I felt like I was working on that was more fun and like yeah, in line and like my with my values since it was uh, the hackathon was focused on creating um, app ideas that would uh, foster women's empowerment, economic empowerment. Um, nice. So yeah, I think it was like a way to just show, hey, I'm interested in using tech to do these things that I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh, that's super cool. Um, well, I appreciate appreciate you sharing that because I guess I think it's mm-hmm. it's hard to pinpoint those like exact resources. And again, it, it's very personal. Uh, you have to try out some different things and play to like some of your strengths of like maybe I'll try out this hackathon. Maybe I'll reach out and like network mm-hmm. to some people at some of these companies or or take available some of those resources. It I think it is, and, and I and I I have a lot of respect respect for like how you kind of approach this like yeah you have to be very intentional Mm -hmm. um even like doing like the donut channel right like getting to meet a new person was it once a week or once is it once a week yeah if it was possible every week yes Mm -hmm. and then yeah yeah. yeah, on top of that i would yeah just try to organize a chat with someone from my personal network too like if i had a friend who wanted to introduce me to a friend i'd be like yes i definitely want to talk to this person Yeah. yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome um well, one more question on, on that piece. Um, you know, this is this is something that w- we do towards like the end, right before graduation, where we have students kind of like uh, come up with like the schedule for what the first week after graduation looks like. Because be- to your point, you don't have that structure anymore. Like there's no projects, no classes, right? Like you you have made it to the other side, which is very exciting and terrifying at the same time. And so. Um, so I get to I see a lot of like um, schedules that are put together and some of them are a little bit more like relaxed. Some of them uh, have that like nine to four schedule where like I'm going to spend three hours on the job. Hunt. I'm going to spend three hours refactoring projects and learning Python or, or whatever the new technology is. Right. Um, what what did your kind of like first week look like and were you working eight hours a day or you mentioned like you, you were doing a couple hours, maybe a day doing some of the, the job hunt stuff. So yeah. yeah, just curious what that looked like. Yeah. So I guess backtracking a little, I was lucky that I had a couple of interviews um, lined up either like towards the end of mod four, like the last mod of the, um, the school and uh, yeah. or ones that were going to be right after that ended. So I was focused on those two, obviously, and I can chat about those later if, yeah, if we have time for that or if we want. Um, so yeah, with, I guess those interviews going on and as well as, um, just like the final requirements for completing this, the schoolwork, I felt pretty burnt Uh out. So I decided to take the first week off. So I did want to throw that out there. Like, if you feel like you need a break, like, I don't think, yeah, you should feel guilty about that or, you know, ashamed about that. Like, yeah, I think it's good to take some time for your mental health and just recuperate and start somewhere where you're going to be stronger the following week. And yeah, it really helped <laughs> just having that bit of time to myself. Um, so yeah, the first week was nothing I, job hunt related. I I think I just went That's, outdoors yeah. and met with friends. And so nice. following that, it um, wasn't like a strict schedule. And I thought that I was going to be putting like six, four, uh, four, six hour days or so into the job hunt. But I think mm-hmm. with everything involved and once the interview processes actually got rolling, it probably turned out to be closer to... 30, 40 hours a week, but I don't, I don't know if it's necessary for anyone to like try to stick to that. I think it makes sense to do, yeah, what feels right for that week. Um, but anyway, what I was trying to say earlier on was that um, it, it, it seemed to me to make sense to focus on like that networking piece to try to get to um, get those interviews going before even like trying, I guess like instead of perfecting like all my interview skills or my technical skills, like I think a piece of advice I heard myself a couple of times was that 
if you don't have an interview, then you're not going to be able to showcase your skills. So that was a reason for me, yeah, focusing really heavily on that networking piece, especially since I didn't really feel like doing blind applications. I thought that was my way out of that. Um, So once I would get past um, like a behavioral interview, usually um, people have, you know, like a 20, 30 minute screening to start the conversation and then you maybe get like a technical challenge afterwards. So yeah, I, once I would get to that step was when I would ramp up on um, brushing up on, you know, logical problems or maybe a piece of technology that I might need to know, know for that particular interview. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how awesome. I <laughs> formatted that, if that makes sense. I know it's pretty nebulous, so I'm not... <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. That's great. I, I, I think, to your point, like... Uh, mm-hmm. You, you try things out, you experiment with some things and you find out what works best for you. Okay. I, I also did the same thing. Um, I'm sure Jeff would not be happy with me saying this, but when I, when I graduated with Turing, I actually took two weeks off. Um, nice. Shame on me. You know, Jeff is always <laughs> like, you get two days off, then you got to get into it. But to your point, take some time for self-care, you know, get yourself kind of recharged in, into a place where you can kind of uh get into the grind again and Mm -hmm. then uh put that work in so but yeah it is interesting like to hear like that time frame of like okay so yeah like 40 hours a week that that does sound Mm -hmm. um that's that's what it took to to get you there so um but yeah Mm -hmm. i appreciate you sharing on that it's always it's it's a tricky piece just hearing like what what works for people and what that time frame you know, people are, what are people want a job within like 45 days or 90 days, mm-hmm. right? And like, yeah, what do you have to do to make that happen? So, yeah. so I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. Oh, and a random tidbit that I just recalled was, um, you know how on LinkedIn, you might be adding a lot of people, I would say definitely don't add someone without, you know, putting any message saying why you're doing it, because chances are, if it's someone you want to talk to, they want to know why you even want to connect with them. So that's on, I guess, like our like our side of it. And then on the other hand, uh, one thing that got me a couple of opportunities was um, if someone random would add me, I would just go ahead and ask them why why they wanted to connect. And yeah, from that, I was able to get some part time work from a local company. Um, so that was actually my first little bit of um, yeah contract um, yeah front end work. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I was just building out like a small or not even building, yeah, I was just fixing some bugs actually on like a Shopify website. So that's kind of how I yeah, got a little hands-on work <laughs> just to add, add as experience. Um, yeah. And yeah, an interview came in like that too. They were just happy that I decided to talk to them instead of waiting for that person to, <laughs> I guess, yeah, initiate the conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's, uh, it's so funny, like, that's a yeah, just making sure when you are trying to connect with someone, send out a message. Because, yeah, that happens to me a lot of the time, too, where like, I'll get like a, a random invite, whether, whether it's someone from Turing or it's uh, you know someone from a different company. I'm like, so, okay, who, who are you? What do you want, right? Like, um, it's, it's weird, like, messaging or dropping a message when sending out an invite is not normal or it's not common i feel like um but to your point of like following up with that person which is work which takes up time but um yeah. you never know where it might lead up lead up to yeah. so yeah. yeah i think it's yeah i guess maybe just with like the ramping up of how we're using social media now with things being so much more remote yeah like yeah. people just do all sorts of things <laughs> um because yeah those are i guess two positive examples i had but you know i had plenty of um people add me and i ask them what they want to chat about anything and they'll be they'll be saying something like oh i just wanted to add people to increase my network count and you know that's not very useful for anyone right right yeah it's a mixed bag but yeah (laughs) if it's something that you want to look into then yeah yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely it's great that's great um well i'm curious you know i want to get into a little bit more about ship shape but just uh one more question around this application process is like, uh, were there any like similar themes across application processes or um, as you are applying and, and connecting with different companies, were there anything that surprised you? And uh, was it similar when you when you applied for ShipShape? What was that kind of process 
what did that look like? Hmm. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, like I mentioned, usually companies start by scheduling maybe with a recruiter or whoever is hiring. If it's a smaller company, like the one I, uh, I'm with. Um, yeah, someone yeah. will schedule out maybe yeah, like a 20, 30, maybe an hour long conversation with you just to see how you might fit into that company. Um, so that's usually sure. step one. And then usually after that, um, if all things go well, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, there is some kind of technical screening component. Um, the ones that I preferred and the ones, uh, the one that actually ShipShape used was uh, sending out like a spec sheet with um, some features I might, uh, I might have to build for an application as part of that tech screening. And I had some time to look over that, ask a few questions, um, which helped me, you know, figure out what I should focus on preparing for the interview the next day or day. Um, and then it yeah. was a live coding session for about an hour where you, uh, we paired with someone and um, yeah, build out those features and see how you get along. And I think that's yeah good for both the company and myself too. Like it just gives you another opportunity to like figure out if these are people that you'd get along working with. Cause for me, at least that was a big priority. Like I wanted to know that I'd be in a supportive environment with people I get along with. Cause like, you know, that's at the end of the day, like if you're working together, you want to get along and hopefully have a good time. So those are yeah, yeah some things that I was looking out for on my end. Um, and yeah, I had a mix, like um, the interview process with ShipShape was really short and sweet. Like I think I answered back a message from my now boss on a Saturday morning um, <laughs> and then scheduled out an interview for that Monday. Um, that was like that behavioral like interview, uh, informational interview. And then I think mm -hmm. by Wednesday I had the technical screening and Thursday I had an offer. So it was a very quick process. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, versus like I did have some other interviews that went on for about six weeks. Um, just, you know, being able to like uh, figure out timing with all the different people in the company. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's like something to consider, too. Like for me, I personally just enjoy working with smaller companies. There's a lot less of that. And not to say that I wouldn't work with a larger company. Like I think there's a lot of merit to that, too, where you might be, you know, work, um, have a have they might have like their system a lot more dialed down to like what someone at this level would be doing, someone at that level will be doing. So yeah, I think there's definitely benefits to that too. But yeah, it's just like another layer of it where you do need to meet 10 people instead of maybe two. Right, um, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the 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 hands-on, like on-screen, like an hour or so, or maybe more, maybe <laughs> depending on the company, like I mentioned. Yeah, like I like, yeah. like that hands-on format more. Um, I did do a few um, take-home challenges too, um, sure. which I felt like a little, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you do them and you get experience, but it was a little more challenging for me because I just, I would have questions like how much time am I supposed to put in if, if I have a three-day three time limit? Like, should I be spending eight hours on it, 10 hours on it? Because you want to try to do your best, but you also sure. want to make sure that you're saving energy for your other opportunities too. So that was one thing that I didn't personally enjoy about that kind of process as much. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I guess like the other type of, tech challenge you might get is like you know logic problems where you do something similar to what you might find on code wars or exorcism so those are something i kept up with process, process, uh, practicing as well yeah yeah that's awesome mm -hmm. I, I i appreciate like that overview of like the different types and mm -hmm. um what was kind of like beneficial to you i i i really like the uh i think you mentioned like for ship shape like uh building out something that like you like uh trying to emulate what the work would be like if you were actually doing it on the job, right? So that's, I mean, yeah, it gives you a chance to kind of like work with your team uh, and build out things that you'd actually be working with, not just some random logic problem or computer science topic mm -hmm. where it's like, cool, I did it. Doesn't really emulate like what I'm actually doing right. at my company. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that is, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if it was just my personal experience, but I think at least half of my interviews were like that, where it was more, nice. you know, real world builds. I guess for front end folks, it would be like an idea box where you build out a small app and you might have something like make a list and are you able to sort the list and maybe check something off that list, things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. Well, I appreciate you kind of uh, sharing more on the, on those pieces. Uh, always great just to, to hear both like what's working, what's not working and, um, you know, what companies are doing. Cause I think like companies are trying to change things over time and improve on things. So, uh, just 
appreciate that kind of the update on that. So, um, well, cool. Let's, you know, like the, the remainder of the time we have left, I want to kind of yeah. dive into a little bit more of like what you've, what your experience has kind of been like at, at ShipShape. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you got the job, you, you, you went through the interview process. It's awesome that you kind of found out, like, sounds like within a week or so. Um, uh, but I'm curious, like what those maybe like those first couple of weeks looked like, like, was there, especially with it being a smaller team, was there an actual onboarding process? Mm-hmm. Uh, what were the expectations of you within those first couple of weeks, first months? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. So yeah, given that it's such a small company and a newer one too, um, mm-hmm. one um, expectation that my boss um, mentioned was that like, you know, we're learning how to. Uh, you know, onboard a junior member since I was the first like junior engineer to get uh, hired on to that team. Yeah. Um, and I was happy to accommodate that since, you know, they're making the space for me as well. And I think it's mm-hmm. like really cool to just be able to get in at a company at a, you know, kind of the ground level where you're helping build the culture and things like that. Um, sure. So yeah, the onboarding process was not as formalized, I guess, like as you might get with a bigger company. Like I had a laptop shipped to me. Um, I had some um, some of the teammates like come on and help me figure out what apps to download and things. Um, I wasn't paired with a client immediately. So um, okay. yeah, they had just had me get set up, I guess, like, you know, the environment as best I could for what I would need to do. And I just started with tutorials for um, a few weeks. And I would also pair with um, different, um, different engineers on the team um, to do some open source tickets and some in-house projects. So that was kind okay. of the onboarding process, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Were you were you primarily like working on like fixing bugs, adding tests like and what when was like your first like actual PR that you made? Yeah, so it was um, paired. So I don't don't know if I can like call it entirely my own, you know, since (laughs) I I definitely had help. Um, But yeah, we worked on some Ember docs, um, just um, and style guides. fixing up some uh, some issues that it might have like in the documentation that people are using to you know create their own Ember projects. Um, mm, okay. So that's what I remember, yeah, with those open source projects. Um, and then I guess, yeah, my first PR, when, once I uh, got hired onto a client project was in the first week. And again, we started with paired projects with my, um, yeah, with my boss, but like, yeah. And, and by that point, I guess like he was trying to push me into doing my own stuff as well i guess as we move on yeah it started yeah. pretty quickly like once once i got onto a client project nice nice that's awesome yeah i i like that introduction and i like that you're that the idea of like kind of pairing through it um if possible right like i know that can be sometimes challenged especially with smaller teams but um yeah it just gives you a chance to kind of like share at like bounce ideas off each other similar to like what you i imagine like you'd been doing at turing and stuff as well right just kind of working through it um and and building on that so um yeah no that's that's really interesting i uh i'm curious like with you having worked there now six months um how how is like your day-to-day schedule changed if any at all like what is it if it is it similar are you doing more things yeah sure so I think um, over time, um, it's kind of gotten easier to find at least, you know, some level of rhythm because it does feel strange not having going, I guess, from school where everything was on a calendar. You have like this class at this time <laughs> and then you get this much project yeah. time um, and yeah, you have to meet with these people at so and so. So yeah, like having, yeah, since you have to kind of create your own structure in a way. Um, yeah, I think day to day, it's kind of been, um, I guess, like, yeah what I'm doing is checking Jira, which is the um, project management tool we use instead of, um, I think we use like GitHub project boards, right? For in school. Yeah. yeah. So yep. it wasn't, yep. you know, that big of a switch. I think they're all pretty similar. Just figuring out yeah. where the calendar is. This is what you're going to do for that week. Um, yep. Yeah. So looking at that to make sure there aren't any, yeah. To see if there are any messages that I should be, uh, that are relevant to me and what I'm working on. Uh, and as, mm-hmm. as well as Slack too, since we did, did a lot of async standups since the client I was okay. put with it was also in Singapore. So there was a lot of Slack and yeah, async communication. And then we would have a yeah. stand-up once a week um, in person so that, yeah, we could, I guess, hash anything out that we needed to do that was, I guess, in a more immediate fashion. 
Um, so yeah, check up on messages um, in the morning. Um, yeah, uh, see what other work I hadn't completed the day before maybe, if not like see what tickets might need to be picked up. Uh, start working on that until I hit some kind of block and then ask some questions, maybe look at some tutorials or something. Um, or yeah, or just some like personal growth type blogs or something like that for, for being a new developer. Because yeah. um, there have been a lot of virtual conferences. I don't know if you noticed that too. Like, I feel like there's one at least every month, if not more. So checking yeah. those out here and there too. Um, and then, yeah, going back to that work until it's finished. Um, and the types of tickets I was generally working on, it would be usually building out some kind of feature, unit testing that to make sure it still works with everything else that's already in place. And then, yeah, pushing up a PR, waiting for edits. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a lot more editing involved, I think, as a lot of people told me compared to in school where it's just like, you know, you go through iteration one, iteration two, and then you're done <laughs> with that project. Go, 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 go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, um, yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad like you, it sounds like there's like a nice balance between like, uh, checking out those messages, having some flexibility to kind of like watch some videos, mm -hmm. um, go to conferences when, when possible. Right. Um, I'm curious, have you found like with working at a small team, I, I feel like depending on the company and it sounds like, is this like a ship shape more of like a startup, would you say? I guess or has so. it been around for a while? Yeah. 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 My boss did say like it kind of started somewhat organically for him where he was um, participating a lot in um, open source code uh, um, himself and he was starting to get yeah. recognition from different people. And then he just eventually started getting more work than he could like handle, I guess, in his free time. So that's how he started the company, which I thought was yeah, pretty cool, pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> so yeah, I hadn't gotten to it. Sorry. Um, so I, I'm curious, like, uh, with working at like a startup or with a smaller team, do you feel like you have to, I feel like there can be often be this like, um, I don't, I don't I'm not I don't know what the word is I'm looking for here but uh like I feel like at startups there can be this idea of like wearing many hats mm. and having to do quite a bit more work um or being on call at strange hours you know sometimes um comparatively to like mm -hmm. a bigger company who maybe um has figured out some of those kinks or or, or whatever so just curious like is that is that hold true? Do you feel like at ship shape or is it like, do you feel like there's a, a pretty good balance and you kind of have a, a pretty regular structure each day? Yeah. So far. Um, yeah, I guess my role is pretty, um, what's it called? Um, encapsulated in doing mostly something, um, yeah. Software engineer related. <laughs> yeah. Mm, like, okay. um, yeah, my, yeah uh, we did have some talks like, um, that there might be future opportunities where I could do, things like, I guess, like figuring out how I might be able to lead a project at some point, or if I want to get more into the cool. business end, yeah, we can figure out doing some of that. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to, uh, uh, one, one thing that um, the company would like from the employees is that we put up um, some blog articles um, once a quarter or so from each person so that we're building up our presence as well. So that's something I'm trying to fight some of that imposter syndrome about because I still sometimes feel like I don't know enough about to about this topic to write about this. So I'm trying to work yeah. through that and get something published sooner than later. Yep. 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 Absolutely. And you're, and I think we were talking about you're writing. Can you remind me like what you're writing a blog post right now? Do you have any idea of like, um, what, what that's on or when, when to, when we can expect that? <laughs> I guess if I say it, I'll have to have it done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping to have at least a draft done by the end of the month and it'll be about um uh about yeah, some things you might want to look out for as test with testing as a newer developer. So just think some things uh -huh. that caught me um uh, what I forget the saying, but yeah, just just caught me off guard with testing using yeah. Vue especially since that was a new framework for me too. So I'll just be going into some examples. Um, I guess, you know, async is always a pro an area that causes some snags. So that's one point that I'll probably include. Nice. That's awesome. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye out for that uh, and stay in touch with me, Hannah. And I'll try and include a link somewhere in the description when that does come become available. So I can get some 
some views on that. So okay. that's awesome. Keeping keeping our fingers crossed. Uh, looking forward to that. So, um, all right. Well, I know we're starting to get closer to the end, so I'll try and wrap up a couple sure. of my uh, last questions. But um, you you spoke to uh, you know confidence, right? And uh, this this idea of like imposter syndrome. So I'm curious, like. Um, how how are you feeling kind of like confidence-wise in comparison to the beginning? Mm-hmm. Um, and what kind of growth have you have you seen within yourself? Do you feel like it's a it's on an upwards trend? Are you like, yes, I got this. This is like I've owned it, or mm-hmm. like, yeah, just what what's that process been like for you? Yeah, there's definitely ups and downs, I think, still. So, but I think overall I have gotten more used to the idea that this is something I can do and that yeah yeah and that yeah provide like value doing it um let's see yeah i think i've um yeah i uh i've gotten more comfortable with understanding that being stuck is perfectly okay and it's nothing to yeah freak out about as much as i used to in the past still do a little bit but (laughs) you know if you get stuck sometimes you just need to take a break and uh having fresh eyes can help you get see that thing that you were missing and it might be something silly like still even for me um yeah sometimes uh, there might be you know some syntax issues that's creating an issue um mm-hmm. so yeah looking out for little things like that when you're tired and stressed it's much more manageable when you you know um take a break or just having yeah. someone else to speak to about it as well um yeah finding guidance is i think always helpful luckily um um the yeah, there's enough resources for me to be able to ask when I do run into something that I'm unfamiliar with and get answers on that so I can continue working. Um, yeah. Sorry, I kind of went in a funny loop, but yeah, the confidence That's piece. That's okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think it's like easy to like compare myself to, especially since a lot of the friends I have who are in software have been doing it for three, four, five, six plus years, maybe, um, maybe longer. Yeah. So I think it's easy to compare and be like, I should know this by now. Or even in class, like some people might have come from, you know, a comp sci background and decided that they wanted something more robust and like the, um, the hands-on aspect before they go into a full-time job. There are people like that and just people have different skills too, something to recognize as well. So yeah, yeah. I think like, yeah, feeling comfortable with like leaning into that and having people, um, yeah, help you <laughs> find your own way too has been helpful yeah Yeah, absolutely oh that's awesome i i think it's yeah it's it's really challenging and and it really i feel like to your point it can kind of depend on the day uh like how you're feeling on things right like if you're having wins and you're getting the things figured out it's like hell yeah i got this i nailed this and then there's going to be the days where you spend an entire day trying to figure out a bug and you've made no progress and that you know it happens right like you, you move forward with it but um yeah connecting with people i i think is is so so helpful with that right rubber ducking as you were mentioning earlier right so um i feel that i i feel that like i've been doing this was it four years now uh something like that and uh, i feel like i've gone through like a couple of different versions of imposter syndrome. Like one was like just being a software developer. And then when I got into education, uh, that brought up a whole different layer of like, uh, mm-hmm. should I actually be teaching right now? Like maybe someone better could be doing this, right? But um, I learned, I got better at it. I still ask questions all the time, you know? And um, I haven't been fired yet, so I guess I'm still doing the thing. So, you know. Yeah. 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 And that's what I'm trying to keep in mind, too. Like, yeah, even if the first version of something you do just sucks, like, yeah, you have to yep. have that, you know, bad version in order to like incrementally work up to the better version of, of you know, either your code or yourself, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I got two last mm-hmm. quick little questions. Um, the the first one is just curious to hear like what you've worked here for six months or so um and i'm curious like for the next six months like what's kind of your goal what's kind of like your focus either technically professionally personally where do you kind of want to see yourself uh being at in in another six months from now 
Yeah. So one of the things that I that grabbed my attention with um uh, working for ShipShape was that they um I guess they want to schedule in about eight hours of volunteer or self learning time each week. So now that I'm feeling at least you know somewhat comfortable with <laughs> with the framework, like I think I can you yeah. know yeah uh, build something and view if I really needed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would like to spend more of my time yeah, using that volunteer time, find, uh, finding open source tickets that I can work on myself or help out with um, yeah, projects that, that are in line with like my, my personal interests, like especially, I guess, yeah, just like nonprofit, different nonprofit causes I think I would be interested in working in. So I've been starting to poke into that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that and yeah. Is there any specific ones that like you're like looking at directly right now or? Um, I don't, yeah, it's not. It's not, I guess, like set in stone yet, but yeah, sure, I, sure. I want to work on some, yeah, like political campaigns for just issues that are really important right cool. now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Really yeah, I'm just curious. Weird, that's but... awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's great. Awesome. Well, very cool. Um, so, yeah, that's awesome. Like, I, open source work is so cool too. Uh, to find like different projects that line up with kind of like values and, and um, things that you want to be working on as well as like technical growth wise too. Right. So, um, well, awesome. Um, last question, just curious, like uh, if our listeners do have any like further questions or want to follow up with the work that you're doing, whether it's blog posts or working on uh, open source uh, projects, is there is there a way that they can reach out to you or follow along with the work that you're doing? Um, sure, yeah, like uh, uh, LinkedIn might be good. My username is Kim Hanna, so K I M H A N N A. I was somehow able to find my name on LinkedIn, not yet taken. So that was a nice win for nice. me. <laughs> and yes. then it's just at <laughs> Hanna on Slack if you're in the Turing Network. Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, definitely make sure to reach out to Hannah then uh take her feedback and send a message when you reach out to her um and yeah sounds great i i, I really again appreciate your time hannah and, and coming on the show and, and sharing with all of us you know the sure. knowledge and things that you've you've done and uh so yeah just grateful to have you you here um yeah, thank you travis and yeah i'm really happy to talk with any like current students or recent grads with yeah anything that they might want to talk about with the job hunt process or just about school it was really helpful for me to just have a lot of alumni to talk to while i was in school and yeah <laughs> happy to do that yeah absolutely maybe maybe we'll we'll talk about this afterwards at a later point but uh, maybe we can get you in for uh to come in and kind of talk with some some mod four students for this next <laughs> inning or something cool. if you'd be interested but yeah yeah um, i'll try not to be as yeah. fumbly and all over the place <laughs> Nah, you're ter you've you've been terrific. I, I, that's yeah. No, you've been absolutely great. So so thanks so much, Hannah. Uh, and thanks to every to all of our listeners as well. Again, whether you're listening in live on YouTube or tuning into us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, which is always ho hosted shortly after the stream. So uh, if you happen to like the show, give us a thumbs up. Uh, follow us on our channel to find out when our next videos go live. And uh, stay tuned for next week's show as well. I've got a few people that are interested in coming on the show, just figuring out some of the logistics uh, for what time works best for everyone. But uh, yeah, that's going to be at the same time as always, Monday at 4 p.m. Mountain Time. That's either 3 p.m. Pacific Standard or 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And as always, thanks y'all for listening in. Hope y'all stay safe. And until next time, we will catch y'all later. Thanks. Y